Well, good morning, church, and welcome to this week's edition of New Song Saturday. I am once again so glad that you decided to, to make your worship more meaningful this week, to, to invest and to pour out in the way that you worship God because you want to give God more glory. Um, man, that is such a cool thing. So stop right now. Um, this isn't like, like a pride moment. I just want you to just give yourself like a mental pat on the back and say, okay, I'm doing something good right now. I'm doing something good. This week, we're going to tackle um, hymns in the church, and we're also going to tackle a very difficult subject, a subject that maybe we don't realize is as difficult as we think it is. Um, here we go. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. No shadow of turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. Okay, so we've done. Um, a whole episode on hymns before, and and I want to reiterate it this week, and and even push it a little deeper. Um, my fondest memories of hymns start when I am a little kid. I'm just now learning um, anything about anything, right? Um, and I'm with my grandfather in church, um, and we all stand up at the same time, and and. And in that church, I could probably fit all the people in my office here where I'm recording this, right? It's just like a real small place with, with, um, I'm like a, a woman playing like a Casio that sounded like an organ, you know what I mean? And so, so everyone stands up and everyone starts singing then. And I can still remember if I close my eyes and try hard enough, I still remember my grandfather's voice. one of the clearest memories I still have of him. I remember the joy that he sang with. I remember the pride that he sang with, not in him. He would never claim to be the world's greatest singer, but the pride in knowing, like, man, these words are true. It's like he had pride in his relationship with Jesus. I remember him telling me stories of his parents' favorite hymns. Hopefully as I'm talking about this, hopefully some of you share similar experiences. Right? Hopefully some of you have similar memories associated with hymns. And if you're new to the church, I want to let you know that one day, one day you're going to have a grandkid who's all grown up and they're going to, they're going to remember the way you worship. Just like rest in that for a second. Like, like my grandfather's worship, like 20 some odd years ago is like still ministering to me today. 
think about that for a moment. It's still ministering to me today. Why? Because I know, okay, God was faithful to him then, and he was so sure of it. So he's faithful to me now. Not only that, but he remembers like his grandparents' favorite hymn. So like he was faithful to um, them, you know what I mean? And it just keeps going further. Once you just rest in that for a moment, and maybe this old hymn that we're about to play can spark some memories for you. And if and, and seriously, if you're if you're brand new to the church or your family never came to church or anything like that. I want I want you to really, really take joy in the fact that like, man, one day my grandchildren are going to be ministered by the way that I'm worshiping. Oh, man, that's such good news. I need the heavy most gracious Tender voice like thine can peace afford. And I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to. Yes, our worship unifies us with, with like the generations that have come in front of us. That's why here at BGCC, we, we try to do our best of in, including hymns, of including new songs, of including this like wide spectrum of songs. Why? Because A, um, all the songs that we sing are true, whether you like the style or not, they're true. But B, because I'm singing with them and I'm unifying myself with my grandfather every single time. And, and, and my grandfather ministers to me every time I sing a hymn like this. That's incredible. That's, that's incredibly powerful that, that we would be unified through the blood in Jesus Christ even now in the way that we worship. Think about that, unity. It's hard to even say that word without feeling good news, like without feeling some sort of association to goodness. That's what I want to challenge right here. That's what I want, because I think some of us, and by that I mean me, um, I don't think we have a full scope of what this means. Now, it's hard to um, imagine a world right now that's unified, right? I mean, everyone hates each other based off of like their political ideology um, um, it's we live in the first generation ever where the majority of people are not choosing their church based off of what they believe theologically but they're choosing it based off what they believe um, politically right that's wild consider that for a moment we are the first generation to ever do that is now Man, that's huge. We live in a crazy, divided world. But when we worship, we're divided with people 
I'm, I'm sorry, when we worship, we are unified with people who are on the other side of the aisle. That means all the people who would say, you know what, I'm never going to go to their church because I don't agree with what they believe politically. We are unified with those people. That means that crazy uncle or aunt, you're like, man, I'm so sick of hearing all the stuff they paste on Facebook. You're unified with that person. That means that means that crazy grandkid or that crazy nephew or that crazy brother who you're like, man, just shut up about it already. You are unified with that person, but it goes even further than that. Um, our political um, division is not even the craziest way that we're unified. It's not even the craziest example of unity because what you need to realize, what we all need to realize is that we're not just unified with the people who are alive right now. We are unified with with, with the sinners who are saved by grace across the span of humanity's timeline. Okay, you are unified with sinners who are saved by the grace and sacrifice of Jesus Christ across the span of humanity's timeline. If you thought you had problems being unified with a person on the other side of the aisle in 2021, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it is much harder to be unified with someone on the other side of the aisle in 1940. Someone whose moral landscape is corrupted by the political landscape of the time. Someone whose moral landscape is corrupted by whatever biases and preferences and hatred that that their government holds for other people at the time. By the way, I'm not just talking about Americans here. I'm talking about people in other countries as well. Right? You are unified with anyone who is saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, the blood of Jesus Christ, yes, it covers even those sins that you're thinking of. Even those awful, hideous sins that we look back at and we're like, man, these are mankind's atrocities. Yes, if even they can find the love and salvation of Jesus Christ, yes, some of them did, and yes, in, in worship, you are unified with them. Think about that. It's much bigger than 2021 Facebook squabbles. Now, I know this seems like hard news and difficult news. And I know you're like, why the heck is this on a worship podcast? Let me tell you something. This is good news. Okay. Tell yourself right now, this is good. This is my father's word. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems all so strong, in Revelation 11, we hear this story about um, all these Christians who stand up to profess 
their faith and we hear a story about how they were slaughtered by men. How they're killed by men. And it's hard to read this story and not think, man, how awful are these men? How how hideous are these people? How atrocious are they? I mean, I mean, surely God has no favor upon them. And then the story pauses. Um, and John, he, he, he gives us another vision. And he goes into this um, almost fantastic story about a woman and a dragon. Um, and just... And just to kind of sum it up, now this is in, in Revelation 12, you should read it through. But just to sum it up, there is um, a woman who represents Israel. She gives birth to um, um, a child all the way. A dragon is saying, okay, I'm going to kill this child. I'm going to kill this child. It's waiting for her to give birth so that he can kill the child. Finally, the child escapes. Um, and the angels fight against this dragon and then and then dragon he retreats as this child is hurled onto the earth and so the dragon says okay I'm gonna wait here by the ocean and I'm gonna not I guess I can't kill this child I'm gonna kill all of her offspring and then it goes on and tells us the story about how, how the dragon calls a beast out of the sea. And this beast, um, it represents like government and corruption and war and hatred. And it, it goes and kills people. Then it calls out another beast. And this government is powerful. And it goes on to kill people and all these things. And the point here is this. The point here is this, is that these other humans... These men that you just read about that killed all of the Christians, um, they're not the enemy. The dragon is. The beast is. The second beast is. They're the enemy. These people on the other side of the aisle, they're not the enemy. These people in 19... 39, they're not the enemy. These people who, who would look at you today and say, man, I hate you, they're not the enemy. The enemy's the dragon. You see, our good news here, our good news here is that Jesus died not to kill all these people that we would call our enemies, Jesus died to kill the dragon. And that Jesus' grace is bigger than we can possibly imagine. Jesus' grace for humanity is bigger than we can possibly imagine. And so when we sing hymns like this, and we sing hymns knowing that people in other countries Years ago, we're singing these hymns and knowing that people who have these like, like super corrupted senses of morality, but were somehow saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, they were singing these hymns. When we sing these hymns, we can remind ourselves that yes, Jesus's grace is bigger than I can possibly imagine. And that's all the more reason to worship. Because in Jesus' grace, 
we are unified. Man. Man, I'm getting emotional even talking about this. In Jesus' grace, we are unified with even the vilest of human who finds the love and sacrifice and mercy and peace and joy of Jesus Christ. That's why we sing hymns.